Well, good morning. I'm glad you could join me today as we're in God's Word together in the Unfolding the Word ministry. If you've been with me for a while, you know we're in the midst of an extended study of 1 John, that first epistle of John. We're in the fourth chapter now, and today I want to pick up our reading in verses 17 and 18 of chapter 4. By this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, because as he is, so also are we in this world. There's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, for fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. Much of the fourth chapter has been given over to insights into the love of God. Each time you encounter the word love in chapter 4 of 1 John, it is a translation from the Greek word agape, which is a particular type of love. It's a love certainly that has affection tied to it, but it's a love beyond that. It's a selflessness, a self-giving sort of love. Agape is the Greek word translated by love in the love chapter of the scriptures, 1 Corinthians 13. You know, the classic passage that's often read at weddings. Agape love. And we've been learning issues about agape love and reminded about issues about agape love uh, and the importance of it in the life of the believer. Now today, we want to continue on that line. We're going to talk more about God's agape, which has been given to us, and some of the principles, some of the purposes that God had in pouring his love into our hearts. Remember in Romans 5, we're told God poured his agape into us, a response to those who've repented and believed in the gospel. Today, in verses 17 and 18, the focus is on the relationship between agape love, which God has poured into our hearts, and confidence about our future, confidence in the face of the reality of judgment before God. The fact that all, once dying, face judgment before the Lord. God wants us, as his redeemed children of God, those of us that have repented and believed in the gospel, God wants us to have confidence, inner confidence, as we contemplate that reality that we must appear before God at some point. He does not want us afraid of that particular reality. He reminds us that as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, people who have repented and believed in that gospel, we are now a forgiven people. God has forgiven that sin which separated us from him. He reminds us in the Lord Jesus Christ that we've passed from death to life. Notice how it's put in John chapter 5, verse 24. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He has not come into the world. He has not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. As we turn to Christ as Savior, we've moved away from judgment and we've passed into life. The perfect life of the Lord Jesus Christ covers us. And that will always be true for us. And therefore, we have nothing to fear as we get before God. 
Fear of the future, let's pick up on this a little bit more because certainly that's the point here. Fear of the future is rooted in the expectation of judgment in our life. Hebrews 9.27 puts it this way, It's appointed unto man to die once, and after that comes judgment. That inescapable reality is there. Earlier in Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 and 15, listen to these words, Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself, meaning the Lord Jesus Christ, likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. It isn't just that we fear dying, it's that innate to the human condition is the realization, because God gave it to us, that to die means we then face the Lord. And there's a judgment dimension to that, and it creates a fear that is a slavery throughout our lives. People literally spend their lives trying to deny the reality of facing God, and they will do anything to dull that reality. God has built into humanity a fear of the future. It is, it is actually a form of God's grace. It's his care for humanity. If the reality is that we must appear before him, and if we appear before him, he's a holy God and a just God, and with sin in our lives, we will have to answer, and sin separates us from God. If that's a reality, and it is, brothers and sisters, then it is grace from God that he builds into humanity a fear about the future, because that fear is meant to be a means of motivating us to repent and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, to seek an answer for the sin that has no answer apart from what was accomplished as Jesus Christ went to the cross for us. God is looking now at that fear and the relationship of agape love to it. God's agape love for us, poured into us as we've repented and believed, will drive out the fear about the future. Perfect love, as he puts it here, casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment. God's love confirms to us, as we've experienced his love within, as we see it expressed in the sending of his Son, he proves to us that our sin can be atoned for and forgiven, and in fact is atoned for and forgiven if we've repented and believed. He affirms to us a reality that our future is a certain future, as we saw in John 5.24 that I read to you, it proves that we will not face judgment, that we pass out of judgment into life. God's wonderful grace expressed in the building into humanity, a fear about the future, and how his love then drives that fear out for those that have responded to the gospel. Now what's the point of all of this as we look at these verses? Here's the point. If you and I are still struggling inside with a fear about the future, it shows that the love of God has not yet been perfected within us. It has not yet been developed within us. 
The word perfected comes from a Greek word, which means to complete something, to have something achieve its purpose. God's love is, is poured into the life of the believer, the one who has repented and believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. As God pours his agape love into us, his intention in that love, he has a lot of intentions in it actually, but for our purposes today, his intention in that love is to touch our fear and then to drive it out of us. That is the cause-effect relationship that his intention expresses. God, therefore, wants us to feel confident about the future. And if you and I, as redeemed children of God, are not confident, then we've not been allowing that love of God, that agape love, through the ministry of the Holy Spirit as well in our life, to lead to the outcome God intends it to lead to. Here's the point. If you're struggling with uncertainty and fear about the future, then you've not been permitting God to do what he wants to do, which is to drive it out, drive it out of us. I think the more that we remind ourselves of the truths of God's promises about the gospel, the more God's spirit then drives that fear of the future out and his love replaces it in a realization of his love within us. God wants us confident about the future. But let me quickly add, God does not want somebody confident about the future if they have not repented and believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. That confidence about the future is a false confidence. That's the reason earlier in the book of 1 John we encountered so many tests so that we might know that Jesus Christ is in us. God doesn't want us to have false assurance, false confidence, but for the one who has responded in repentance and faith to the gospel, God does want us to have confidence. He does want us to be at rest in him. He has his intention that we would be secure. Assurance. Oh, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine, as the great gospel hymn put it. Is that your assurance today? God says, I've poured my love, agape, into you because I want that to be your day-by-day -day precious gift for me. I want you confident about the future. Well, there's more to say about agape in the verses that come. Join me tomorrow as we continue in our study of 1 John.